Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome back. This is part two of my stomp with Merlin Griffiths and Badby Woods. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about... I mean, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will say the same. How do you become a first dates bartender? How do you become the bartender on television? Like, um, luck, isn't it? It's blind luck. <laughs> you're, I mean, very, it was, it, it you're very was, modest. You did 20 it, years of uh, as a mixologist. <laughs> well, yeah. Not sure it's luck. I mean, okay, yeah. So it goes back to what I was doing earlier, which was I was I was a global ambassador for a very large gin brand. In fact, two, Bombay Sapphire and Oxley. I had under my remit. Um, wow. And so, yeah, I mean, if you go back 10 years or so, their social media was still in its infancy, I suppose, in yeah. that sort of sense. Um, I mean, Facebook was what, 2007? And so a lot of bartenders didn't really have a lot of online presence. And due to my role there, obviously, you know, Bombay had plastered the internet and their website with, with pictures of me and little videos of me making all their Beautiful signature drinks, their, their yeah. Collins and Martinis and so on, um, which was great. So I think when it came to sort of, it was a job, it was a job advert that was advertised. Was it literally advertised? It was literally advertised as a job advert, but it got sent to me by somebody who works in television because they'd just done a Google search to say, right, who are, who are the UK's bartenders kind of thing? And it would have been myself and about four or five other guys at the time who were, who were basically ambassadors for major spirits companies were pretty much the only names you'd find yeah. back then. These days, no, you'll find loads. You'll find loads and loads, and, and rightly so. Um, there, there are a lot of very, very, very skilled bartenders out there. So I think that's how it came my way. But for me, it was a job advert. I got the first pub uh, in Kilburn, settled down. In Kilburn at the time? Yeah, yeah, we were in Kilburn. Had a big old, giant old Victorian place wow. in the Priory Tavern. It was excellent. Wow. And yeah, that was just sort of doing its thing. And so I was like, well, I've got some free time. I can go, why I can go back to doing why this. Don't I do, why don't I do this? So, yeah. so how, what does that application process look like? So what was the next steps? And how, when did you find out? How did you find out? Gosh, I've, I've so got it was, it was sent via a friend of a friend as a, as a link to the advert on, uh, on Messenger. So you click it and I've gone through and it just says, Channel 4 looking for, need a bartender, right? Didn't say it's, it's for TV or yeah, anything. Yeah. My, my instant assumption, because I did a lot of event work before that, yeah. was like, this is some kind of sort of in-house corporate events kind of thing. Okay. You know, I'm going to be doing the, the subsidized client bar or something like that. that, that honestly, that, that, that was my initial sort of thoughts on this. As I say, I was just like, but they're, they're often quite fun, those sort of yeah, gigs. Yeah. They really are. And you get a lot of freedom and leeway to make the, the drinks you want to make. So obviously I've dutifully applied and you sit down and, and there's this lady chatting to me. Uh, Molly, she's absolutely lovely, with a little camera behind her for the interview. And she's just asking me just sort of questions about how do you feel about people? What's most important to you on a bar and so on and so forth. Um, they hadn't told me what it was for. I still didn't know at that point. And as far as I was concerned, oh yeah, I should state, this is quite important for an interview. Because when I turned up for the interview, I could see there were three other likely candidates there. Yeah. Two of whom were looking a little bit disheveled because it was an early morning interview, 9am. Yeah. All right. And 
bartenders, we traditionally work quite late. Yes. And so there were two that definitely had been on a late finish the night before. Um, and another one who was looking a little bit like he probably had a day off. Okay. I, I'd, I'd taken, no, the very sensible approach, I'd, and, I'd, and I knew this from my ambassador days, you turn up in your best suit. Yes. 15 minutes early, that's right. Little smart coffee in my hand. Copy of the Times. Yeah, perfect. You know, yes, you love it. See, yeah, Distinguished gentleman. Yeah. The interview image, you see. Yes. So I, I played for that. Um, yeah, which, which was really quite nice. So we sat there going, okay, I'm quite glad I didn't turn up in jeans and yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> You're yeah. looking very smart indeed, I'm sure. You know, because I, I felt it was important to make And it was impression. the part, and you, were, were you aware at that point it was for first dates? No. No, so, so you'd actually basically turned up in the exact part that they wanted, quite frankly. Smart, tall, handsome gentleman with a nice suit, a nice accent and, and a clear intention. Well, I don't know if any, any of that had anything to do with that. I'm <laughs> sort of hoping you know, a, clear, a clear intention, certainly. Um, I was later told, look, I asked about it about two or three years later, because honestly, when you, you know, once you're into it, you're into it and, you're, and the job's the most the important. Team, yeah. But I did sort of chat to someone briefly about it. And apparently it was something that I'd said in the interview, which I still maintain, always have maintained for people is that what you do behind a bar is nothing to do with drinks. Yeah. The drinks are the least important thing. That's fascinating. They're absolutely least. What you do is hospitality. You're looking after that person. You're looking after people. I could be serving you water all night long and every single glass I serve you has to be the best glass of water you've ever had. That is taking it to the maximum, isn't it? But that's, but yeah. that's the job. Yeah. That's literally what you're there to do. You know? And likewise, it's not for me to, to judge or have pretensions. If you want to drink, 3,000 pound a shot cognac in a pint glass with coke and one ice. Who am I to turn that down? <laughs> My manager would kill me if I did. Yeah, we're doing 3,000 pounds a shot. Like, you know. <laughs> so really, yeah, it's, it's not to judge. You, know, you might make a suggestion. Are you sure you wouldn't like that in a snifter? No, that's how I want it. Fine, done. Yeah, you drink, man. Have it, yeah, yeah. Have it your way. Have it how you like that's it. That's the whole blinking point. <laughs> so are you a whiskey with ice or without ice? Do you, do you mind? Is there, is there... Either or. You, depends you, on the day. Depends on the taste and the day. Depends on the taste and the day, that's right. Sometimes a little nudge of water. If you've got a nice old cask strength number, yeah, definitely just a little nudge of water to help just to help bring it back into the I bounds see. of respectability. Yeah. So so back into the interview. So so you're yeah. sat there. Yeah. What do they ask you? I mean, what was the conversation? Because presumably they were trying to work out, A, can this guy actually make a nice cocktail, but can he actually talk to people and make them feel at ease when they come through the doors of the first dates restaurant? Yeah, and I think that was another part of it. Um, I can't remember specifics now, it was so long ago, but honestly, we did. We just sort of had a chinwag for about 20 minutes, half an hour, mm. a good chinwag. And it was only at the end of it when she's gone, okay, thank you, I think I know everything I need to know on this. So I should probably explain what this is for. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I'd like to know. And so she gives me some YouTube links and said, it's, it's for this show called First Dates. Um, I was like, okay, cool. Um, I, I never really watched a lot of telly at the time, yeah, I've got to be yeah. honest. Um, and so I've looked at these things and um, yeah, it was this idea that opposites attract, Yeah. right? Which they found out after two seasons, they didn't really. <laughs> I'm not sure they do actually. Opposites. No, I think you, opposites you, you really can attract. have, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Because you, you must have gained some wisdom over these over these years. But it doesn't it doesn't quite work like that. So, yeah. so sorry, carry on with what you're saying. I'm just looking at these links for the original first dates. Just going, I think I can make drinks that are quite pretty. Yeah, and they'll be good for that. And that's again what I thought the job was: turn up there, make some pretty drinks yeah. for the waiters to go and give out to the tables. Because mm -hmm. staff weren't involved in those first two. No, series. they weren't. You're right. And so I'm just looking at that going, that's, that's the job, isn't it? Great, I can do that, that's fine. Absolutely, love to do it. So they give me a call and say, would you like to do it? So absolutely love to. Turn up and give you a uniform, bow tie, the waistcoat and what have you. So that's your staff uniform. Okay, fantastic, makes sense to me. Get myself set up. I even made a little menu for it all. Yeah. Bought my own equipment, everything, you know. Bad workman blames their tools, you see. 
Yeah, I'll make sure true. I brought good sauce. This is true. This is true. Yeah, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Um, yeah, it turned out actually turned out a little overloaded for the first one as well. Everything, including this, including the kitchen sink. Um, but still, I felt happy. I've got my stuff around me. I've got my bar set. Ready to go. And then a chappy comes running over, and, uh, and he starts poking a mic up my shirt. And you're like, what's going on? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what are you, what are I you thought doing? I was here making drinks. <laughs> That's right. He goes, oh, no, don't worry about it. You've got to chat some people at the bar. So I beg your pardon. Yes, don't worry, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. This was not in the job's description. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you basically, must have been shocked because have you done any kind of TV work with that boy? Well, not anything substantial, basically. Um, and all I know is he's run off leaving me with this microphone. The next thing I hear is Fred to the lectern. Oh my gosh. And out storms Fred. I'm like, now I knew a Fred anyhow. Yes. He's, a, he's an industry stalwart. Yes. And, um, that's like I've been knocking around the London scene for, for a Long enough to know Fred, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was nice to see a, a familiar face. Yes, yes. And I go, know Fred. Oh, right. So we're doing this properly then. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then you. People come up to the bar, make them their drinks. I'd sit and chat to them and chat to them and chat to them. Was it awkward? It, at certain points, it looks, when you're looking on TV, some of these, and, and I know a little bit from being on screen as well, that you can create awkwardness, but you can also get rid of it. So yeah. it's hard sometimes to judge, was it really awkward? Were there moments of real like, oh gosh, this is not going to be good? <laughs> yeah, and you learn that you have to let those play out. Yeah. If it doesn't happen then, it's going to happen later. Okay. And better that it happens sooner. So, so do, you have, uh, do you have an example of the time where you're like, oh my gosh, this is a car crash. <laughs> What's going to happen here? I'll give you a good example of a car crash. That was a big learning for me. And, and, and was told to me afterwards, this will make a great story. And he's right, it does. So the, the series producer, the first time we did it, was a lovely chat with Simon Dixon. Yeah. Right, big Scottish guy. He's funny as all hell, by the way, I must admit. Absolutely funny as all hell. Very um, gregarious and, and, and outspoken. Anyhow, so I've got this big chap in front of me. Um, Tank, that's right, was his nickname. Okay, Kyle. Kyle, there we go, that was his name. And we're chatting about his tattoos and this and that, and he's sort of like, yeah, I used to be a bit of a bad boy, but now I'm not a bad boy, and I just want to sit down and be a nice guy, and all this usual sort of stuff. Anyhow, I have to nip off to, to do some drinks, because that time I was after all the drinks for the whole restaurant. Oh, wow. Oh, as well as that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's just me on the bar, so I've got all the background data, everyone, I'm making it, I'm rushing, you're like, give me a second. So I run off to deliver some drinks. Somebody just gives me a little tug while I'm dropping some drinks out and says, um, ask me if you, he looks really familiar. Can you ask him if, you, if you've seen him somewhere before? Right, so I run back and um, you know, carry on chatting. And I went, by the way, you look a bit familiar. Um, would I have seen you anywhere? And all of a sudden he goes bright red and looks down. And so it looks a little shifty left and right like this and goes, um, I do a lot of porn. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they stitched you up because they said, I've seen you somewhere. He's basically yeah. like, they chucked you, in, they chucked you under, the, under, the, under the bus then. That they? was a bit of a learning. <laughs> that was a learning, yeah. So your awkward moments, that was an awkward moment. That is an awkward moment. <laughs> like, I laugh oh, about it now. Awful. I laugh about uh, it now. And how did this date go? Interesting. Um, did that come out on the date? Did he say? Uh, just I, I seem to remember it did. Honestly, I seem to remember it did. There's I no did. way that a TV producer would ever not allow that to, to come out. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about alcohol. There's a huge cultural change, it feels, I feel, since I was in my kind of 18, 19, 20, 21, to what they are now. Like, it feels mm -hmm. that people are drinking generally less at that age. Mm -hmm. And they're more aware of their kind of drinking habits, kind of, kind of mindful drinking, really. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that's the case? And, and have, like, how much do you see a change for people that are coming into your pub, for example? Can I just be a grand old cynic? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants that photo going up online. That was never a risk when I was 18, because nobody even had a camera oh, in So you pocket. mean in terms of people don't want to be seen to drunk, I see. Yeah, yeah, Quite yeah, frankly. Sure. And actually, I had uh, a previous member of staff pretty much explain it that way to me. He goes, no, 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 don't get me wrong. He says, 
me and my friends, we go and have a good drink every now and again. He goes, but when we do, we all leave our phones at home. <laughs> okay, you are being the cynic now. I'm, <laughs> I'm here like these, these young these young people, they're champions of their they're own like, health. Okay. But no, you're right. No, but you do see it in general. Yeah. I think there's, there's there's a trend towards just being a little bit healthier, and it's not such a bad thing. I think you know, and all the messaging around it is good. It's falling wider the one target it needs to hit. And what's that? Men between 40 and 55. Yes, and I, and I literally, <laughs> I think, I but, but seriously, I think, you know, and mindful drinking, what, what, people go, what does that mean? Well, in essence, it's, it's literally being mindful of what you drink. It's just thinking about and being aware of your drinking. And, uh, you know, I talk with my therapist a lot about kind of uh, what things serve you in your life. And, you know, we use drinking as an example. And you go, right, well, if you're going to drink alcohol, you're going to drink a pint of beer, right? And a pint of beer is in front of you. What purpose is that serving? That's not that's not a judgmental thing, but but, but just thinking you're why right I'm having that beer. You're right. It's and exactly and right. it's not just drinking without thought and ending up performing the same habits and same routines and ending up, you know, go, basically following yourself down a path and going, I don't know if I chose this really. And actually, right. is it benefiting me? Listen, I've, I've long said this, and fellow bartenders and I have discussed this sort of thing at length as well. Nobody goes out just for a drink. It doesn't happen. You don't. There's always a reason. There's always a reason. From the solo drinker through to a guy out on a stag do with his friends or a guy out on a hendy, you know, and anyone and everyone in between. There's always a reason. Um, even if it's something just as simple as, I'm bored, need a change of scenery. So whether it's good, but it's whether it's good or bad, there's yeah, a reason. There's yeah. a reason. There is always a reason behind it. Don't forget, you know, my bar is licensed. It's, it's, it's still a drug. It's a licensed drug, alcohol, right, at the end of the day. And it, and it shouldn't, it should be treated seriously in that sort of sense. People sort of very passe about it sometimes. You're right, you know. Just three. But it's not. Yeah, and, and the, the interesting thing with, with alcohol is that you often, whatever you have in one direction, often there's an opposite effect, isn't it? So it might calm you in that moment, but the effect the next day might be very different. You're left in an anxious state. And, and I think that's why it's really important when it comes to mindful drinking. Just have a little think about why you drink. So anyone listening go, oh, I don't know, do I want to make a change to this? Ask the question, why do I drink? In a non-judgmental way, is it because you want to meet friends? Is it because you want to be social? Right. Are, or are you trying to deal with feelings of anxiety? Are you trying to deal with the fact that um, you might be stressed and you're, you're kind of worried about things? And thinking, is it the best solution to that? Yeah. Is, it, is it a solution? And it's, not, again, not judgmental. You, you know, going out to have a drink with your friends in it's a mindful way is absolutely fine, it's fun, I do it. But if you're noticing, actually, you know what, I'm drinking to kind of deal with anxiety, and actually the next day you feel even worse, then then being mindful around that goes, well, actually, is there other things, other habits I can practice, other ways I can if deal with it that don't but if it's, if that. It, but, I mean, if you're talking, if it's a single glass of wine, for instance, to release anxiety, yeah. and re or should I say, sorry, to relieve mm -hmm. anxiety, right? That's one thing. That's very different from when you find yourself having to go, no, I need three, four, or five glasses to actually forget. So one of the things that really interests me about you, and there are many things, um, one thing I find fascinating is that you're a bartender who actually stopped drinking for a good period of time, yeah. completely, I believe. Yeah. So I'm just interested to know what, what was your relationship with alcohol? What did you notice when you stopped drinking? And do you drink now? I do drink now, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, no, I spent about three and a half, four years. Um, yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't touch drop. I, it all started, actually, because, <laughs> okay, again, weird story. So this started through, uh, I'll leave him nameless, a friend who basically, after having a little bit more than a skin full, a, a very unhealthy amount of alcohol, found himself in a little bit of trouble. Mm. He got confused over certain places where he was and, and, and sort of shouted and screamed. Basically, long and short of it, he ended up uh, in a police cell, missing quite a lot of his stuff and his shoes and what have you. And uh, when I saw him shortly after that, literally about a week after he'd had this, this episode, um, he's like, you know what, Mernie? He goes, I'm gonna, he goes, I have to stop drinking. He goes, that's it. 
and quit. Now the guy's young, he's, he's 24, mm. and he goes, that's it, I'm not, I'm not gonna drink anymore. And he goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a year off, I yeah. think, and get my head straight. By the end of the meal that we were having together, it had gone down to four weeks. <laughs> head straight. So I said to myself, I'll tell you what then, I'll peg you day for day. Yeah. And we'll okay. do the whole year. And you did it together. So we did it together. He got as far as nine months, which fair play at 24. I think that that's pretty strong that's good going, going. Yeah, you know, yeah, good especially going. an active 24 year old with, with a healthy social life. He's yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I, I was like, okay, full credit to you, but um, you know, just despite you, I'll complete the year. <laughs> and, you did, and you did the whole year. And so I go to the end of the year and by the end of the year, you know what? I look back and um, I, I think it was possibly one of the most productive years I've ever had. How did you, <laughs> so what do you, like, what about now? You know what I mean? No, but I was just like, I didn't, I didn't, cause you have to do something else. Like, yeah. okay, my friends got, but I don't know really what I'm My initial way to deal with it was by removing myself from the option, yeah. right? Cause you know, I think you're still in a lot of situations. I hate that question, why are you not drinking? Yeah. Don't yeah. ever, if you see something, if you, one of your friends is not drinking, don't do ask. not ask. Don't ask them. Resist the temptation, to, unless they're a really close friend and you think there's a, a, a really healthy reason for them to tell you about it. But on the whole, just them. as a standard, he's got a lime of soda and I've got a pint. Cool. Well, you're not drinking. No, don't do it. Yeah. It's not cool. <laughs> it's no. not cool. So I removed myself from that whole problem for a while. Then I started drinking non-alcoholic beers to be able to get back into circulation again because people wouldn't notice, right? Yeah, that yeah that's a smart thing. way. They really wouldn't it, do yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I got to the end of that year and just went, you know what, I feel great. I'm sleeping wonderfully. I'm getting up early. I'm going to bed at reasonable times. My work is all getting done. Um, I think I'll just stick with this for a bit. I don't mind it. And how long, how long did you stop drinking for? So that was almost four years, yeah. So almost four years until I got about, let me see, off the back, it was off the back of chemo, mm -hmm. off the back of chemo, and then coming towards the operation, that was when, um, oh no, it was, sorry, no, it was during chemo. That's right, it was during chemo. And I remember asking the oncologist, is it okay to have a drink? Oh yeah, because I was a smoker at the time. Yeah. Gotta understand, right. So it's the first thing you do when you get cancer, give up smoking, man. Yeah. It says it all over the package. Yeah. Smoking yeah, gives yeah, you cancer, yeah, yeah. right? I can sugar. So now I don't drink and I don't smoke. <laughs> you stopped there. <laughs> That's good, you stopped it. Well, yeah. So I'm asking the oncologist, so it's okay to have a glass of wine with meal or something then? She goes, yeah, don't worry, I won't affect your chemo. She goes, don't overdo it, but moderation's fine. Yeah. So like, okay, cool. So I got back and thought about it. It took me a day or two and then we're, checking in on the guys one evening, um, and Sid and I were there and, and make sure the pub's running nice. And I just went, you know what? It's a Sunday afternoon. I was like, you know what? There's some nice people here that I haven't seen for a while. I'm gonna have a pint of bitter. And how did you Why feel not? having that? Bloody brilliant. It's <laughs> <laughs> not, not the right answer, really. I'm joking, it's the honest answer. No, but it is, I right felt great. So when you, so after four years, when you've had your first bitter, mm. I guess it tastes probably quite nice, but how did you, how did you feel? Did you kind of, did you kind of take any learnings away from those four years? Did it change your habits at all? The four-year learnings, I mean, yeah, you know, you just, you just learn that restraint is, is key because it's really, it's, it's an occupational hazard in what I do, right? When you, when you run pubs or you run bars or you work in hospitality, it is genuinely an occupational hazard. You've got access to cheap and often free alcohol left, right and centre. Um, you know, especially after you do it for so long, most of my friends have got, seriously, they've got spirit collections worth thousands and mm. thousands sitting around in their houses, like a standard, where you might have a bottle of gin, bottle of gin in the kitchen and maybe a bottle of whiskey in the front room. Now oh, these guys have got like 300 bottles at home and stuff. Mm. You know, they've been collecting them over decades. Mm. So it's there and it just sort of quickly becomes part of your life. And it was nice to be able to remove it and see that you can go back to it and just treat it with a little more respect. So kind of basically you practice mindful drinking. Yeah, yeah, less is more. Less is more. Thank you so much. Well, that brings us to the end of part two. It's been a fantastic stomp so far. To anyone listening, I hope you're enjoying your stomp and whether you're continuing with us now on our final part, part three of this uh, stomp, or whether you're going to have a break and come back to another day. I hope you've enjoyed it. Look after yourselves and see you very soon.